0: We've all heard the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But how does that apply to our borderline or narcissist or anybody with cluster B personality disorder that we love, care for, and try to deal with? Welcome to this podcast of My Inner Torch. This is a conundrum and Really comes down, I think, in my opinion, to the baseline of what you and I are dealing with. We didn't break the borderline, we didn't break the narcissist. So, how can we be expected to fix them? And the answer is, we can't. If we didn't break them, we can't fix them. And this is a very, very difficult thing to accept because for over 20 years, I've been in the codependent, caretaking, fixing mode. I went into the relationship with my my wife, who definitely has some cluster B personality disorder. It's hard for us to throw out the monikers. Oh, I think that my wife is borderline or, Oh, I think my wife is a narcissist. We can do a lot of research. We can go online. We can educate ourselves. We can read books. We can even go into therapy. But at the end of the day, it's up to the the person with the supposed personality disorder to actually go to therapy themselves and be diagnosed officially. If that can be even done. Cluster B is a very difficult uh, personality disorder Family, so to speak, it's a melting pot of different disorders and personality flaws, and I will call them flaws. Uh, these people are not mentally ill. A lot of people like to throw out that moniker. Oh, you know, they're they're mentally ill. They're they're disordered. They're dysfunctional. That's really what they are. They're dysregulated. So, I went into my relationship with the full idea, the full motivation of being the knight in shining armor that was going to fix my wife. I was going to fix her. I was going to show her that the world was not a bad place. I was going to love her until the cows came home. And at the beginning, that love, that feeling was somewhat reciprocated in the form of the luminary stage, which frequently involves love bombing, you know, just being mirrored back. My wife was was the mirage that I talked about in a previous Podcast. She was basically providing me with everything I'd ever wanted, all the validation, all the affection, well, seeming affection, because that's what she felt that she had to do. She is a chameleon in that regard. I think that people with cluster B use intimacy. Well, I'm not going to use the word intimacy because it's not intimacy. They use sex, let's break it down to the baseline level here, as a tool, kind of almost as a weapon. It is a way for them to kind of bring you into the fold. It is a way for them to blind you. These are broken people, and they can't be fixed. So how can we expect ourselves to fix something that we did not break? And when it comes down to it, we can't. And I know that that's really a hard thing for you and for me to accept, that we can't bring them back. We can't shape-shift them back into the person that they were, that they presented to us, the person that we thought they were. And that's a really hard thing to accept. Day-to-day, we deal with the abuse. I mean, I deal with my wife. There are good days. There are bad days. And more often than not, if I think back and take inventory of our relationship that spans over two decades now, I don't have a scrapbook of what I would consider to be happy memories. I couldn't sit here and tell you, oh gosh, you know, three years ago, I remember when we did this and it was wonderful. I can tell you that I can look back and go three years ago. I remember this incident. I remember this rage. I remember, uh, I can remember uh, (laughs) talking about moments where I was like, what is going on? I remember driving on the highway one winter morning And I remember that my wife was upset with me because I was going to uh, go to a, a, a convention for my work and I was leaving. And again, this is that perceived abandonment on behalf of the person with cluster B. The object constancy, if you're not in their view, then you have abandoned them. But I didn't understand all of that at the time. So I left very early that morning. It was a snowy morning. I got on the highway and I'm driving along and I spun out. I spun out. Thankfully, I was not injured, but my car was damaged. And I remember when the incident happened, I tried calling my wife to tell her about it and she didn't answer the phone. So I basically turned around and started to head back to home. It was probably about an hour and a half away. I'd made my way down the, the highway and it would become very slushy and it was dangerous. And I remember leaving her a message and I remember texting her. Now she was, she was basically uh, giving me the silent treatment. She was gray rocking me and she was, you know, not responding to my call. She knew it was me who was calling. It was early in the morning. It was probably about seven thirty or so when the incident occurred and I remember trying her and calling her and, and, and trying to, you know, let her know that I had an accident. In fact, my work ended up calling her at her place of work to let her know that I had been in an accident. And I remember distinctly when I finally got a hold of her, she was incredibly irritated and very, very angry. Why are you calling me? You're blowing up my phone. I already heard from your work. They already told me what happened. Now, mind you, that just isn't normal, okay? I could have been injured. Something could have happened to me. I could have gone to the hospital. I presume that on the way to the hospital, if I had called from the ambulance, she wouldn't have answered the call. She would have been giving me the silent treatment. Folks, that's not normal, okay? So, that was years ago. That was years ago, and I can relay to you multiple incidents when she has given me the silent treatment, when I needed to talk to her. In fact, I remember once when we had moved up to where we presently live, I remember, uh, I was actually in Washington DC where we lived previous to coming here where we live now. And I was wrapping things up. I was uh, closing up my office and I remember, uh, I got a phone call from our youngest daughter's daycare. This was probably about I'm thinking maybe 12, 11, 12 years ago. And they, my wife hadn't shown up to pick up our daughter. So they were concerned about, you know, her being picked up. Now, mind you, I'm 700 miles away, uh, you know, and I can't, I can't obviously pick up our daughter. So I'm trying to call my wife and she doesn't pick up the phone. She's giving me the silent treatment. She is punishing me. We can't fix what we didn't break. That is the title of this podcast and the crux of this message. And I guess the examples that I gave you are, we can't change it. We can't love that behavior out of somebody who has borderline personality disorder is a narcissist, a psychopath, whatever else you want to call them. We can't change them. We can't show them. We can't illustrate to them that what they're doing is asinine. That's ridiculous. It's abusive, it's neglectful, it's dangerous. Had I been in a serious accident, had my my car rolled over in that particular time, and maybe I was okay, but stunned and shocked, and I'm reaching out to my wife, I'd like to talk to her and let her know what happened. I would like to hear a reassuring voice. That didn't happen. Here, uh, she didn't pick up our child from daycare, and they're calling me, and I'm trying to call her. And she's not answering the phone for whatever reason. She knows it's me. It's caller ID. It's a cellular phone. It's not the old days where it's ringing at the house phone and she's perhaps out you know, in the garden or she's out shopping and she misses my call. This is intentional. This is purposeful. This is abusive. So I can recant hundreds of occasions in which my wife has acted out. I can recant that. And you have to understand if you're just entering into a relationship with somebody who you think is off, who is acting a little strange, you have to take a step back. And if you've been involved in a relationship, and if this is a family member who continuously does this, you have to make a decision, even though they're family, you have to decide how you are going to respond to this. And you have to understand that you will never make this better. Understand that you will not fix it. Understand that they may come up with an excuse and say, oh, well, you know, I left my phone in my pocket or I left my phone at home. But chances are they're just not responding to you because they're angry. They feel abandoned and they want to punish you. So you can't fix what you didn't break. And also understand that chances are as time goes on, As you go through this repetition compulsion, when you repeat these incidences like I have over the last 20 years, that you're not going to change it. It's not going to get better. There will be no reconciliation. There will be no aha moment on their behalf where they will say, wow, I'm I'm really sorry that I acted this way for 10 years. Oh, I'm really sorry that I did this to you for 20 years. I, I can imagine how that felt. They have no empathy they have no compassion unless it centers around them. They just—they just don't. A narcissist, especially, does not have any empathy. They do not have any understanding. They don't care. A uh, borderline—well, they're supposed to. In my case, that's why I feel that there's a mix-mash of all sorts of personality traits here that are going on that are difficult to diagnose. And I'm not a licensed psychotherapist, psychologist, psychiatrist or a licensed social worker who specializes in Cluster B. I'm just somebody who has informed themselves and understands what I'm dealing with. I've come out of the fog. And I suggest that you do the same thing. Stop fooling yourself. Stop trying to fix something you didn't break. Something that broke years ago, way before you, and has absolutely nothing to do with you. MyInnerTorch at gmail.com. Always enjoy hearing from you. And also, uh, remember that new podcasts are uploaded every single Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm getting up to close to almost 70 podcasts in talking about this situation, and I probably have 70 more. In fact, I may even have 140 more. It's unfortunate. But, in my opinion, if I can finally make you aware, as I've become aware, then maybe some of that fog begins to fade and you begin to turn inward and work on yourself because at the end of the day, that's what you need to do. You have to heal yourself. You have to fix yourself. You have the power. You have the ability to do so. And I recommend that you start that healing journey and continue with podcasts like this and educating and arming yourself with knowledge because knowledge is power. Be well and in whatever you do, be good. This has been my inner torch.